Ball spa. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be all, end all, know it all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Wednesday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports. We're right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. Today, we're going to wrap up the PGA. We never got to that yesterday. And just kind of relive. What what in sports compares to what we saw from Michael Block? And what, I mean, he's going to be at Colonial this week. Just the craziness that has surrounded the PGA club professional Michael Block in his top 15 finish. Where is Brooks Kepka's place in the history of golf? And then with Kepka's performance and obviously DeChambeau and Cam, how long is it going to be till somebody, and I mean by somebody, I mean a major TV network rips off the band aid and we see live golf? More in the mainstream. Some college football stuff. There's some issues with the Big Ten's mega TV deal. Thanks a lot, Kevin Warren. I mean, what in the world? Have you read some of this? I was hearing a little bit of it yesterday on the drive. Pretty crazy stuff. Uh, with their so, we'll, we'll kind of get into that and what that's going to look like. You know, there's Washington State. See their their president come out and say basically we're not spending anything no no like unnecessary travel so does Washington state know something we don't meaning the TV deal hasn't been hammered out do they know that they're about to be left out in the cold with some conference realignment mm. and then also I'm going to make you the college football czar Jared that's dangerous. I'm going to make it the college football czar. How would you structure this thing after after this upcoming football season? Because that's when things really kind of move and shake, right? With the U, UCLA and USC to the Big Ten. Obviously, the Sooners in Texas going down to the SEC. And then the, the, the different moving parts from there. So I'm going to give you a chance to make college football the way you want it to be. Okay. From just the stru- a structural standpoint. I've written down a whole bunch of stuff, too. We're good. Uh, NBA playoffs last night. The Boston Celtics found their footing, as I told you off the air. I made a major mistake yesterday by not saying what I thought, and that is I think Boston is going to make history. This reminds me so much. The way this is set up reminds me so much of the 2004 ALCS. If you haven't seen that 30 for 30, Kevin Millar, before game four that uh, for the, of that epic comeback, said, whatever you do, don't let us win game four. Because if we win game four, then we got Pedro, then we got Schilling, then it's game seven. 
And it felt like that last night to me going into the game. Whatever you do, Heat, do not let Boston win game four. Now they've got two out of three on their home floor. And it feels like all the chips are in the game six basket if you're the Miami Heat. And the pressure that's going to be on those guys to win that game is going to be immense. I wish I'd have said that yesterday because now everybody will say it today. We can talk about that and the chances that we see a historic comeback from another Boston team here in the NBA playoffs. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things. A major retirement in the state of Oklahoma just broke this morning. I'll tell you what that is. So give us your thoughts. 225 225- Nine six nine eight. If you're going to be outside the listening area, there are a couple of ways to stay in touch with the show. You can log on to kadsam.com, download the app. The app has everything we do. It's got radio stations. It's got the Penny News. Brand new edition of that Penny News hit the website last night at midnight. You can check out the new deals right now, thepennynews.com. Big Elk and Paragon TV is also there for the high school sports when those are being played. And, of course, the Skinny on Sports podcast Available everywhere podcast drop. I wonder if that call on 7-1, if I just got paged. <laughs> you, what, what, did you see who it was? Yeah. So you think it was related to you? You think it Yeah. It was pertaining to you and what you do? Uh-huh. Who was paging you? I think it was. Oh, there it went. It went away. Because somebody said, uh, he's on the air. Wait, we've only done this show five and a half years. <laughs> How was your night last night, Jerry? It was all right. I've, well, I had the game on and kept tabs on that. Afterwards, I watched a really good movie. I was telling you this uh, called Air, about uh, Mike, uh, how Nike got Michael Jordan, the birth of the Air Jordan shoe. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I've seen a bunch of good stuff about that. It's pretty cool. It's on Amazon Prime. Check that out. Oh, pretty low key. Didn't do a lot. Nothing really. I mean, this is one of our rare nights off. How about you? How was, how was your night? Oh, went out and played with fifty six others in the scramble, the Tuesday night men's scramble here. Man, our golf course is in good shape, isn't it? Holy cow! It is. James is doing an unbelievable job. But it was a it was a beautiful evening again. I mean, how many in a row are we going to have? This is awesome. This is what it's like to be in like San Diego. I feel like more like uh, the mountains. The mountains. Yeah. That's what I feel like we're in. More of the terrain of the mountains. Always that chance of rain. Eh, might come in and rain on us. It might not. Yeah, it feels like that's the pattern we're going to be in for at least through next Wednesday. I'm, I'm good with it. And then, like I told, listen, I'm all for the rain, but I would prefer the rain to stay away next Friday and Saturday. Next Friday, not this, not this Friday. Not next this Friday, Friday and Saturday. Next Friday and Saturday. I'm trying to uh, effort what that means. What is that? The what oil is, and gas golf. That tournament. is the oil and gas. Yes, I would prefer that to go off without a hitch. Yeah, just because of all the hard work that's been done leading up to it. I just hope it. We're going. Plus, it's fun. We're going to on Sunday going to Duncan for a one day tournament. Yeah, we're going to be in Oklahoma City. Or in Mustang, and Friday, I'm, Saturday, Sunday. I'm knocking on wood and crossing my fingers, hoping that the rain just holds off. That's a long drive to get rained out. Yeah, we'll be in Mustang. Not too bad. This weekend. Mustang's not too bad of a drive. You Pretty know, easy. We, the, 
have you I know Scott po- posted this yesterday Scotty G uh-huh. on my Facebook account did you did you see what the, that video do you know about the Savannah bananas yes I've yes are people so infatuated with that so apparently the they balk all the time so apparently we're not <laughs> going to be able to the the team that Wyatt and them are going to play on Friday that game has been moved to Sunday okay because they have tickets to the Savannah bananas are they just trying to be the Harlem Globetrotters? It's what it baseball? seems like, right? I've seen video. I don't know why. It just frustrates me. Jared. Are you down with it? I mean, it's just a fun thing. Yeah, I get it. It's just a fun deal. Are you a fun deal? I wonder I wonder if that if there were people like me when the Globetrotters first came around. Yeah, I'm sure there were. Like that's not basketball. Old stick in the muds. Well, I guess I'll come around eventually. If the kids like it, so Maybe be once it. you turn 40. If, if this keeps the kids interested in baseball, I'm yeah. good with it. It reminds it, – it, what are those – it's it's like a – what are those – a flash mob. It's like a flash mob on the baseball field. They break out in song and dance. You know? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Pretty wild. <laughs> Uh, anyhow, last night you you watched. What did you think? Uh, you watched the ba- the uh, basketball game. Uh, Jason Tatum was awesome. Boston was awesome, uh, and for the first one of the series, so now down three one, headed back uh, home for Game Five. That looked a lot more like what I thought this series was going to look like going in, and that is just the talent of Boston overwhelming Miami. Yeah, I mean they've dug themselves into a hole, but I I can see where you're coming from. If there's a team that could come out of it, it could be them. But um, I'm just watching it. I kind of got the same vibes as Denver and L.A. You know, L.A. hung around, hung around, and then Denver would win. I kind of thought, well, Miami, they're, they're going to be okay. They're going to pull it. But you know, credit 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 Boston for having a heck of a second half and, and pulling away. And you're right, Tatum was good. He has to be for Boston to have any kind of chance. You know, and Butler was still good. He had 29. Um, but I'm really – I mean, I don't know if I can get on board. I mean, I love what you're thinking and what you're saying, but I don't know. That's just – I don't know if that I, – I just don't – I don't know if I can get on board with him winning three more. You know, I don't I know. I, what, I know what you're saying about the baseball thing because it's about it. It fell into their rotation perfectly, but this isn't baseball. This is you know. I want to see if they can continue. But like I said right before we went on air, I was like, you know, they, these guys had nothing to lose last night. They were already dead to rights. We were talking about a Miami Denver finals before the game even happened yesterday, and so they they probably used that as a rallying cry. Listen, listen, guys, they think we quit. They think our coach sucks. He still does. They think we're no good. They think Miami's the hottest team in the, in basketball right now. So we, what do we got to lose? If we lose, then they, then everyone's validated. They said, yeah, we're right. So let's go out there and prove the world wrong. I can see that as being a rallying cry. But now they got to do it three more times. Now, and here here's the good news. If you're a Boston fan, you have the better team. <laughs> they do. They, it's, that they do. They you're have right. the better team. Up and down they do. I, they absolutely do. I mean, that's... It just doesn't make any – when you look at the, the rosters, and no offense because these guys have played really well throughout the playoffs, but are you really telling me that a team that starts Gabe Vincent and Struess and brings in 
Caleb Martin and is Duncan Robinson. I mean, come on. Is that team really going to beat Tatum and Brown and Al Horford? And <laughs> It just doesn't make any sense. Boston is so much more talented in my mind than Miami is. And so that's where, it, just listening, right, but when I was sitting in here before the show started, uh, I thought uh, the, the morning guys, one of them, I can't remember if it was Curtis or it might have been Spinozzi, made a great point, and, and, and he's exactly right. One of the reasons this has never happened is because the best team is never down 3-0. Yeah. You know, it's it's always the worst team. It's easy to forget Miami's an eight seed. My Yes. You know. And is this Miami team really going to make the best playoff run of all time? They literally are setting up. You can't do better. They beat a one seed. Then they beat the four seed. Now they would beat the two seed. And then if they win the title, they're going to be in another one seed. You can't, you literally can't do better than that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It doesn't get better. There's no way this my this Miami team, in my mind, is doing that. And so, I think last night, the second half, Boston was incredible. I mean, I outscored them what, sixty six to forty three. I I just think that was the hardest game that Boston has to win. Was last night. Now you got game five back at home. Then if Talk about pressure. The pressure squarely switches right on the Heat's chest in game six because you have to go into that game. And crowd-wise, I mean, can you imagine how nervous they would be if game six starts and Boston gets out to an early lead? Because going into that game, I think most people, even some of those wearing a Heat uniform, would think if we don't win this game, we're going to make history in the wrong way because we're not going to Boston win any game seven. So it's all about game six at that point. Yeah. I've I was I've been trying to look up how many, you know, we talk about history, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is creating history if they can go and do this. How many times has, we just saw it in the West, in uh-huh. a conference finals, has there been sweeps? I, I can't find that stat. I don't know if it's too many times. Doesn't seem like it. You know, so... I think this is maybe only, I should have been taking that into consideration. Like you know, it doesn't happen a lot in the conference finals. I think this was only like the second or third time that both conference finals were three zero at yeah. the same time. Yeah, oh three zero at the same time. Yeah, I can't find the stat. I've been I've googled. Well, I mean, it's different ways. Teams are teams are zero and one fifty down three zero in the NBA playoffs all time. After after the other night with Denver beating beating LA, so I mean it's. It's amazingly hard. Yeah, and you know, it, it makes a good point on the on the text line uh, from Billy saying it just shows how watered down the NBA is these days. Well, I say this season. You know, this season wasn't. We kind of talked about this going into the playoffs. There wasn't a standout dominant team like we've seen in Golden State in the past yeah. or Miami or whoever. So this kind of might be part of that too. Is you know, Miami wasn't a dominant team. By any means in the good regular gosh, season, no. they were not good, but they're getting hot, and it kind of shows more of the parity that we've seen this season alone. Moving through these playoffs, I mean, shoot, no one really had the Lakers going except me. I will take credit for that going to the conference finals. 
But there they were, and then they get swept by the better Denver team. Well, and to the point then, about – And then not a lot of people were putting Denver in the finals. You know, everyone was looking at Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Phoenix is out early. So, you know, there might be a, little, a lot of hyperbole, overreactive statements based off of last night. But with all what I just said, I can totally see Boston too. I mean, it wouldn't shock me either way. I could see Boston coming back and winning this thing because of how this season has gone. It's just been kind of parody. There hasn't been a dominant team, but they are, on paper, the better team. So it wouldn't shock me if they do it. No, I think they're doing it. Last night, I wish I'd have said it. That's what I'm telling you. I wish I'd have said it yesterday burrito? before. Yes. You want to do a burrito? Absolutely. Okay. Now, here's the thing. I have to buy it. I can't do it on a Tuesday or Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that too. I, I think I should get odds. Oh, really? You do, do you? I mean, it's 0 and 150. I think you ought to be like, you're two or three burritos to my one. Because I mean I'm I'm out here on a limb. All right, two, I'll, two. I'll do two. Two to one. Two to one. Okay, I'm in. Okay, that's that's well, how you I'll, want them at the same time or once a day. You know what? That's a good question. I think I should once a day. Depends on yeah, not on a Tuesday or Thursday, <laughs> or maybe that would supplement <laughs> yeah. what we get from across the street with boys at Big Splash. You know, like a toaster and a burrito. Oh, oh, okay. Just depends on the morning. You know, you never know how hungry you're gonna be. Like right now. Why am I talking to you like you're going to win? So that's see, I, 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 you're coming <laughs> over to the dark side, dark side. All right, I, but I think go heat <laughs> to, to your point to Billy's point about being watered down on the text line. I, I think that's right. In in L.A., the the Lakers, I think, prove it as much as anything. That team wasn't any good nah. with an old LeBron and whatever Anthony Davis. I mean, listen. No offense to the guy, because all of a sudden people love him, even though they didn't really like him at OU a lot. But when Austin Reeves is your third best player, come on, man. That ain't a conference finals team in the history of the NBA. Come on. What, Gabe Vincent? For my, I mean, come on. Yeah. At some point, and, and maybe this is just because I believe in the way that Boston was 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 put together, and that roster I think is the best. I think the roster is the best one in the NBA, the way it's constructed. I just think at some point the NBA is a talent league, always has been, always will be, and eventually that talent is gonna win out. Now, like Dakota says on the text line, he's right. The biggest mismatch in this series is on the sideline. With Spo versus Missoula, yeah, but Spo can't make shots. Spo can't guard Jason Tatum. He can do what he can do, but at the end of the day, it comes down to Boston has better players than Miami. Period. Yeah, and I just think that that's going to win out, even though it looked dire going into last night. I just, to me, last night was the game. Obviously, I had to win, or otherwise I'd got swept. But as far as just like the way the series changes, last night was the game, and now there's two out of the next three. If it gets there at Boston, or when it gets there, in my mind, and I just, I just can't see this Heat team beating the Celtics. I just can't. I never have. You know, I was in here Friday when it was one zero, and Boston was at home, saying even if they lose this game, I don't think they're done. 
even though you lose the first two at home, I just don't think they're – I'm not going to believe it until I see it. And I'm going to continue to think the Celtics are going to win the series until they don't. And even after they – even if they don't, after it's over, I'm still going to think they should have won. Because just, you just look at the roster. So we'll see. Right. But, man, I like I said, I wish I'd have said it yesterday because I believed it yesterday. And now everyone's going to jump on my bandwagon like they thought of it themselves. <laughs> And of course, I'm just glad it wasn't a sweep. Honestly, I'm, I'm I want to see yeah, I know. something competitive. And as much fun as the NHL playoffs and the and these conference finals started out being with all those overtime games, the first four. Now it just looks like okay, well, crap. That's going to be a couple sweeps. The Golden Knights just destroyed Dallas last night. Holy Moses! So it's looking like the Panthers throwing the rats on the ice. Wonder why they do that. I mean, I get it, but live, I mean, at least I guess they're not live animals, unlike Detroit with the octopus, and then was it Nashville that would throw the catfish out there? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty pretty amazing for some dude to wing a 10-pound catfish from the upper deck down on the ice. <laughs> Where's PETA at when you need them? Oh, I'm sure they've voiced their opinion. I mean, is that not killing those fish? I don't know what it takes to kill an octopus. Feels like a lot, doesn't it? Don't you think? A, a spear? I don't know. Yeah, no. I, 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 I feel like they're surviving. And squids? They're they're incredibly smart. Yeah, I feel like they're surviving the throw to the ice better than a catfish. Yeah. I mean, if anyone's throwing an octopus or squid onto the ice, shouldn't it be the kraken? It should be now. They but, they need to take that away from they Detroit do. and the Red Wings. But, I mean, they're used to throwing fish in Seattle. Don't they have that market where yeah. they're throwing fish? Yeah, they do. <laughs> I'm sure a they guy catch it the, with the newspaper. Yeah. Makes more sense in Seattle. All of this makes more sense in Seattle. <laughs> Not catfish, but the octopus probably does. Or Not catfish, no. Are they but, firing salmon out there? You know what, is that yeah, what they is need this to do? Salmon? Is that what they catch up there in the Or Northwest? maybe Vancouver needs to fire the salmon. Vancouver, yeah. Yeah. Poor Vancouver. They have been rolling hockey in a bit. Since they burned their town down when they lost. When they lost, yeah. I was rooting for them, too. And then now all that happens. Like, oh, okay. Can't root for a town that's going to riot after they lose. Nobody. The answer to that question, Scott, is nobody. Nobody wants to take on angry hockey fans. Not at all. I'm out. Not at all. We've all all seen videos. What is worse, the angry hockey fan or the uh, hooligans in European soccer? Man, I would go with the hooligans. Yeah, I would rather see an angry hockey fan than some drunk British dude. I think the last thing you want to do is vacation to the UK and jump into a London pub with the wrong soccer shirt on, and you hear, oi! Just like on uh, Eurotrip. Yeah. I mean, if you heard that, oi! You'd be like, oh, no. Uh-oh. You put your pint down and calmly walk out because you're you're probably in a bad spot. Yeah, don't turn your back, though. <laughs> the pint may be broken over your yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. just get out of there. No, I think the hooligans, the soccer hooligans are – I think they probably take Those the aren't the ones. You want them on your side. Let's, yeah, Let's just put sure. it that way. All right, so that was fun. Celtics are going to win. I'm telling you right now. Okay, we'll see. Celtics making history. We will see. Coming back down 3-0.
and the Boston magic continues. Some coaching news from the state of Oklahoma. It seems like we've had a whole bunch of that this off this, this week, like week and a half, yeah. right? Um, and this is an amazing stat. Uh, so Kevin Farr over at Silo. So this is the Silo Rebels. Uh, it has been announced that their baseball coach, Billy Jack Bowen, has officially announced his retirement. Did it yesterday. Why is this of note in Western Oklahoma? Well, all Billy Jack Bowen is is the nation's all-time winningest baseball coach. Not just the state of Oklahoma. Nationally, he is the all-time leader in coaching wins on the baseball field. He, he coached 37 years, which at Silo means 74 seasons because it's obviously the fall and the spring. Mm-hmm. He won 2,000. 679 games. That's like 36 a season. His winning percentage ends at 841. And he won 24 state titles in those 74 seasons. Incredible. (laughs) That is like, talk about a mouthful. That is an absolute mouthful. I think they are... um they're meeting the city council is meeting to change the name of silo <laughs> to uh bowen yeah to billy jack bowen i mean naming the field or batting barn trivial. after him is or the stadium whatever is not doesn't seem like enough does it that's pretty incredible that is unbelievable 2679 wins in 74 baseball season 37 years so that's like uh, the equivalent of like I mean, can you think like oh, I got a higher scale like what Coach K retiring or yeah uh, something like that? Like what if Bill? What if Belichick says I'm done? Maybe. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, it's wild. It's crazy. Eight forty one. Be like okay, like locally, like I remember uh, over at Clinton when Mike Lee said he's done. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of. Kind of the same effect. Like, oh man, yeah, he had so he won at a high level every year that he had that program. Yeah, it was like it, like Trimble, Alan Trimble yeah, at Alan Jinx. Trimble at Jinx. It's a good one. Gary Rose, Carl yeah. Albert. You know that's I mean yeah, that's what that, we're talking. This is, except yeah. for at a higher scale. Yeah, because not just in the state. This dude won more baseball games than anybody that's ever coached high school baseball. Period. That's Nationally, right. wow, it's amazing. So congratulations mm-hmm. to him. I've and always used that term. Talk, talk, about a, talk about a job you don't want. <laughs> Following his footsteps. Who's going to be the next baseball coach at Silo? No, thank you. I think I'll go after that guy. Right, yeah. I think I'll be the guy I, after I mean, the guy after the guy. That's the big question when that happens is, can a program continue to have success? Is it Was it the, pro, was it the man or the program? There's always that question. We've, sure, there's we've, both in this instance just because – I mean, it's hard to imagine you'd fall off a cliff being that good. But, right. Well, but that doesn't mean they're going to sustain the level of success that they but have. But I don't think there will be like a mass exodus of people going, well, okay, well, I'll go. Where is Silos? Near the Ada area. Mm, right? It's down in that area. Yeah. There's a lot of really good baseball. Shawnee to Ada in yeah. that line. Yeah. I bet you'll be fi- they'll be fine. And to, and to what you said earlier, I mean, I've always used that quote of, you know, sometimes you're handed the keys to a jalopy. Sometimes you're handed keys to a Ferrari. 
Yeah. I mean, that's a, I mean, I have, I'd want those keys. It's Ferrari time. Yeah. I'm like, sign me up. Yeah. What? Give me, give me a shot. It's Ferrari time there at Silo for sure. So that's, that's so wild. somebody's going to get a good job. Yeah. But they're going to be careful with the hire so you don't have that mass exodus. You want somebody that everyone's going to gravitate to and go, yeah, that's a young guy that I want to play, my son to play for. Wild. It's wild. Yeah. There's a lot Absolutely of, lot of, uh, a lot of shakeup happening in the coaching spectrum in the state. Did you see, did you happen to see the, uh, I don't understand that question. I think it's what related to the Canute News. Oh. Yes. Yeah, we can't. We can't say? It's up to you. I don't know. Yes, there is a new pitching coach. You've, you're more plugged in. and There is. And it's a familiar name. But we can't say who? I just don't. I, listen, I'm not sure. I, I, if nothing's approved, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to. We're not doing that. So, when everything is finalized, we'll let. Yeah. We like to break that. Yeah, that's... But we don't break rumors. Oh, it's not a rumor. I know that, but we can't... Until it's passed through the board, is that what you that's say? That's what I'm saying. That's what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I mean, we still want let into the press boxes and stuff over yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Sam. Yep, that's it. Um, Okay, so have you seen the stuff about the TV deal? Yeah, I mean, it's so convoluted for me, like, I get confused. But I I, I was hearing a little bit of it during my drive home. So, you know, Kevin Warren, the the previous commissioner, who quite frankly, I mean, he gets all, he's he's getting all this love for this massive TV contract. and, and And I gave it to him as well because I thought using the different networks was genius to spread your product across NBC, CBS, Fox, I, I thought that was a great idea. And he kept it from streaming, which I don't think is the greatest of ideas. I don't. And so I, I thought it was a huge one, $7 billion, so It's a billion a season, essentially, through the 2030 season when it kicks in for seven, a seven-year deal for $7 billion. Well, now it's starting to come out that that's not exactly – set in stone there's no actual the, the long form contracts have not exactly been signed and the details have not exactly been worked out the way that it appeared and so what 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 is being found out well the schools are finding out that there's about 70 million that is in flux for a couple of reasons one kevin warren Delivered the MB to, to NBC one of the Big Ten title games, and I think it's in 2026. Here's the problem. He didn't have the authority to do it. Do you happen to know who owns the Big Ten title game? Fox. Is it Fox? Through the Big Ten network. So, see, here's the deal. The conference and the schools don't actually own their right, their TV rights. Jim Delaney, the four, the the commissioner before kevin warren turned those over to the big 10 network which essentially is them but it's still but it's not but it's not them and yeah the major stakeholder in the big 10 network is fox so because of that kevin warren didn't have the authority to to tell nbc or to sell nbc 
a Big Ten title game. Fox does. <laughs> and so when these in the they're when they're in these negotiations with CBS and with NBC, who's there? Kevin Warren and a couple of Fox execs because they own the rights. How funny is that? I mean, it's just crazy that we didn't know this until now. And so basically hey, just real quick, he sounded like he wasn't that smart. Well, he was the one that was trying not to play in COVID. Remember right? that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Him and the guy, the Kliakov out there for the Pac-12 trying to not play. And then the, the, big, the, the big 12 is. and the SEC said, okay, whatever. We're playing. And, of course, you know, that year, think back, it was the year that Alabama and Ohio, and Ohio State played in the final. And in Ohio State played five games. Yeah, right. Whereas Alabama played like up, 11. A lot of uproar about that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So so that is $40 million that they're going to have to pay back to Fox because Kevin Warren sold a game that he didn't have the right to sell. Then there's also another at least $25 million that they're going to have to pay back to Fox because of said 2020 season when they didn't deliver the inventory that the contract specified they had to because of COVID. And the cherry on top. Did you know? And it makes sense when you think about it because when do you realize that the Big Ten schools they have had a deal in place to not play late November night games. It makes sense. I mean, the biggest game in the Big Ten every single year kicks off early. With Ohio State and Michigan. Like Why the, isn't that a night game? Because they have this deal. It's in November. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's now another thing Warren did was guarantee NBC primetime games in November. And the schools are mad. Coaches are mad. So this is pretty interesting. I mean, I don't think any of this is enough for this deal not to get done. But I do think that you're going to see it's, it's not going to quite be what it was said to be, meaning money. They're gonna have it's gonna be. I mean, maybe a couple hundred million off of that seven billion that that was supposedly there. So a lot of interesting stuff here. Yeah, I, I honestly I did not know that about the 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 November games at night. I think I did. I think I knew that. Yeah, I mean, it makes you know it you see them early, right? But and, and not the, late. The game, Ohio State, Michigan, was. Is always 11 a.m. Right? Feels like it's always 11 a.m. Maybe 2:30. Yeah, maybe, but it's never at night. No. No, I think I, I did know that. It's crazy. Yeah, okay. that's nuts. And and then so with all this going on, you see the the Washington State <laughs> Chancellor or President or whatever he's, you can't travel now. Anything non-essential? What does that mean? I mean, is is recruiting non-essential? You wouldn't think so. But how is that looked upon? And why is this happening? You know, Washington State isn't exactly the most secure team in America when it comes to to conference realignment. If there's a couple that you think, "Uh uh-oh, they're going to be left to hold the bag, Washington State's pretty high on that list to get left out. So do they know something that we don't know? Do they know that 
Washington and Oregon are going to be Big Ten members and, you know, those four, six, whatever it is, coming to the Big 12 and that they don't have a spot. Is that is that what's happening here without us realizing it? Preparing to make way less money as an athletic department. Trying to stop spending. Ahead of it. Yeah, ahead of it. Or, you know, I think the big, the, or the Pac-12 also has this issue with paying back money because of COVID and not playing enough games. So, I... I feels like conference realignment about the time you think okay you know the dominoes have kind of fallen and here we are it's like bam no they're not so that leads me to this if i made you the college football czar what would you want it to look like how would you structure it and so i'll go first i'll, I'll give you an idea yeah we know that this this year this college football season is kind of the last one that looks like this right right and then we'll see UCLA, USC to the Big Ten, OU Texas to Correct. the SEC, and then the a true twelve team Big Twelve. Yeah. So here's I would play the year as it is. I mean this this year's gonna be played as it is, right? Mm-hmm. For some reason I've always had so now there's sixty nine power five teams. There was sixty five, now there's sixty nine because of the four that were added to the Big Twelve that came from either independent or the group of five. So after this year, here's how I would do it. The five worst teams of those 69 get relegated, just like European soccer. Okay, you've said this before. Yes, yeah. relegate them down to the group of five. And that means you'll have four conferences. So I'm going to go ahead and say the Pac-12 is done after this year. And those teams kind of get put into wherever. You end up with four conferences with 64 teams. They don't all have to be 16. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That would be a little bit more nice and tidy, but that's just not going to be the way it is, I don't think. So you've got those four conferences with 64 teams. They play in 2024. The worst in each of the conferences gets shot down, gets relegated back to the group of five. The group of five itself has a 16-team playoff. The top four, the ones that make it to the semifinals, are the four that get to come up. But where do they go? How they, To me, how they finish in that playoff determines the order that they get to choose. So, meaning, if you win the group of five playoff, you can choose the ACC because you feel like you have a better chance to stay in the power five than saying oh yeah give me the sec schedule see what i'm saying that gives you something to play for in those semifinals and not just hey we're in yeah on the other side the power five will have a 12 team playoff that we think is coming anyway the top four will get buys five through 12 will play at the top seeds on campus but here's the difference for me i would put the quarterfinals on campus as well because the top four, yeah, they get a buy, but they're all, but they're not getting. Yeah, I'm with you on that. They're not getting the luxury of of the advantage of hosting a of game. Hosting a game, yeah. So quarterfinals on the top four seeds campuses, and then the final four look a lot look like, like it does what we now. Got now. Yeah, that's what if it was me and I could choose. 
That's what I would. It's think. hard to poke holes in that. I, I mean, I know the relegation thing seems crazy, and it's never going to happen nah, because of the the money and the contracts and that kind of thing that the conferences have. But that's what that's how I would do it. it. And because, quite honestly, I mean, yeah, the conferences are a thing, but they're so in flux, right? Right. I mean, it it, it seems so fluid that it's it, it's not. This isn't 1985, and the Big Eight and the Southwest Conference are battling each other and the you know whatever uh, there, it's the loyalty of that outside of you know an sec chant every now and then at a game it doesn't seem like there's near as much loyalty to the conferences as there has been in the past i've never gravitated to loyalty to a conference but i mean even from the schools to the you know what i'm saying yeah. not, not I'm talking about the fan bases but the schools you know it used to mean something sure i don't think it means anything right now because no. it's all about the money no yeah no, I like everything you said. Um, I mean, I can't poke holes into that. The relegation thing is fun. Uh, I'm more of a ge- geography guy. I like to see, you know, I thought it was always silly that West Virginia was in the Big 12. I think it still is because of where they're located. So sometimes I kind of wish we would see some realignment where it's more friendly because of geography. Am I making sense? Like San Diego State staying with the Arizona schools, and you know, and because we are feeling like it's an it's inevitable, the Pac-12 is is going to go away if what we think is going to happen is going to happen. You know, instead of San Diego State saying, "Okay, we'll join the ACC," which makes zero sense because they're right there on the Pacific Coast. Yeah, that's you the know? one. That's the one part of what I said About as far as giving them a chance. Yeah, to letting choose. them choose what uh-huh. conference they want to be in. Well, they could probably think, well. God, we would love not to travel very far, so I yeah. want to stay in this conference. I mean, and this is football only, or, obviously. Oh, I understand. Yeah. Obviously, football yeah. only. I mean, we're not. Yeah, we're not going to ask San Diego State to play at an ACC basketball schedule, right? Or whoever. Yeah. No, I agree with all of it. Uh, it's hard to break. Um, hard to see. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point of the text line. Try to read it all about uh, West Virginia and BYU. Yeah. I mean, my goodness. Or UCF. South, yeah, yeah, Central Florida going all the way to BYU and vice versa. But that doesn't matter anymore. We live in such a smaller world; it feels like they just don't care about that. They don't I care mean, where schools are located. Yeah, think about this: UCLA and USC are going to go to Rutgers. It's For, literally across the country. That is on the other side of the country. Yeah, I mean, it literally is. You're going from coast to coast yeah, to Maryland. But we're on our way to that, right? I mean, we're on our way to these super conferences where it's in. There's that talk of. SEC and Big Ten just saying, let's do our own thing. Well, and that, you know, the reason why it can't be more geographically structured is because the conferences and these TV deals. So that would all have to be completely redone mm-hmm. into, listen, the the 64 of you, are gonna split? You know that that's how this is gonna work. It's it's gonna be like the Power Five makes the deal, not the conferences themselves. And then if you do that, as far as the football goes, then you're not as you're not as tied to. You know, the, the, obviously, the reason a bunch of this is happening is money. Well, if everybody splits the pie, which maybe that maybe the Big Ten and the SEC don't want to do that because they have all the power right now anyway. Maybe that's why. And this gets reworked, like you said. If they decide to do their own thing, maybe this gets reworked down from all the Power Five to 
I don't know, 48, like 24 a piece, something like that. Which, I mean, you're not necessarily leaving out anybody that you want in at, at that number. There's 21 schools left out, but are you leaving out anybody that really has a chance to win anything? Probably not. I mean, I think there's probably 21 schools that flat out don't have a chance to win it. You know? Right. So, I mean, the haves and the have-nots, you want to talk about that? That that, oh, that yeah. separation is getting bigger and bigger by the day in college football. Don't forget, in the morning, Big Elk head football coach Zach Maynard will be in here to talk to Jared about the uh, spring game tomorrow. So, good stuff. Uh, yeah. Appreciate Coach Maynard uh, giving some time. I will not be here. I will be out uh, celebrating the firefighters of Elk City. Their second annual firefighter golf tournament. You know, last year they had a uh, they had what, like a, an air gun. Yeah. That they had it on number fourteen, par four. Mm-hmm. And you you oh, shot the gun, you shot the your, ball out of the gun, your golf ball. Yeah, I remember it, that. It would go like three hundred yards. It was awesome. Whoa. At least at the first. We were the first group through. Wow. 300 yards. Yeah, it almost got Careful on the green. Careful where you aim that thing. Oh, dude. It was wild. I mean, because it, it was not consistent. I mean, it just went wherever it wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, four. We got ready to yell four about anywhere. Yeah. So, you'll be here. I will not. Coach Maynard will be here. Uh, Michael Block. He's playing Colonial this week after that storybook week at the PGA. I was wondering who his his, uh, his grouping was because normally a guy like him would be playing with a bunch of people you never heard of. Not the case for old Michael. Minwoo Lee, which I think his sister is like one of the dominant forces on the, PGA, on the LPGA. And then Pearson Cootie. Of University of Texas fame, one of those two, one of the two Cootie twins that led Texas to the title last year. Now making their way out onto the Corn Ferry Tour, PGA Tour. Uh, so that's the group that Michael Block has at 128 tomorrow down in Fort Worth at Colonial. Yeah, great, great question on the text line from Scott because it's it's being reported now that Michael Block got a text from none other than Michael Jordan. That's wild. And so the question here on the text line from Scott is, what would you do if you got a text from Michael Jordan and then were able to put his number in your phone? I would never call or text him. Like when you're watching, the, would, when, like when you're watching the game tomorrow? I'm scared when I text Jim when I have a thought <laughs> and I hear him say something and I want to help him out. But, no, I would never, ever. But it would be cool to go, oh, yeah, here, look, guys. Michael oh, Jordan. yeah. They, they, yeah, whatever, Jared. I mean, whatever. you could do that right now. Pretty much, yeah. If you wanted to. Yeah. The difference is Michael Block can go seriously and, and call that number and be like, what's up, MJ? Hey, Michael. Dude, stop calling me. Yeah. <laughs> Lose my number, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> Lose my number, Blocky. You're done. Blocked. You're blocked. You're there blocked, you go. Blocky. Yeah, now that'd be cool, though. Oh, my gosh. What an amazing ride it's been for that guy. The real question, how did Michael Jordan get his number? Yeah, He's probably. Club. I'm gonna go ahead and say it's easier to get Michael Block's yeah, number than Michael Jordan's. Yeah, 
Yeah, I probably called out there to Arroyo Trabuco Golf Course and said, "Can I get your pro's number?" Oh, sure. I wonder if I wonder if whoever gave it, if that's the way he did it. I wonder if the person that answered the phone knew it was MJ. They probably, hey, dude, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Kind of like when you know, if the president calls. Oh, yeah, okay, that's it. Huh, huh, huh. No, seriously. That would be pretty sweet. That would be cool. That is pretty cool. It would be pretty sweet to pick up your phone and, hey, it's MJ. Enjoyed watching you play golf. Want to go swing them sometime? You know. That's what would have been my response. Hey, you want to come on out here to Mission Viejo? I got to, let's go, let's play some golf. Next time you're in Southern Cal, give me a call. You got my number. Gosh, I may be getting the story wrong. I mean, I, I have a Michael Jordan autograph. Yeah. That, so my uncle, Leon, he either, I want to say he played golf with Michael Jordan at La Costa out in San Diego. I remember I know, I I know he played behind yeah. him. I think he ended up playing some holes with Michael Jordan. But it was before, it was early. Like in the in the early to mid late like eighties before it was like Michael Jordan, right? Yeah, and then my sister. It was on a scorecard from La Costa, I had hanging in my bedroom. That's cool. Which was stupid, but I did. And then my sister wrote on it with crayon. Oh no! Didn't write through like his name, but on the scorecard with crayon. Thanks a lot, sis. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that my I'm pretty sure my uncle Leon played golf with Michael Jordan. And I think that's the story. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. It's wild. Michael Block's got his phone number. So how much pressure does he does he have? Uh, it's this interesting. Weekend. Interesting you ask that because I I don't know about pressure, but I'm just thinking from a just a mental standpoint. Like, how in the world can you, like, get refocused if yeah. you're that guy? Yeah. Going into this week. Because going into last week, barely anybody knew his name. You know, the novice fan didn't know who he was. And he had the weekend that he had, and it was it's a great story. Now everybody's, he might have the most audience than everyone on that, than anyone, at least day one. Yeah. I mean, when you got a when you got a former Longhorn in, in Cootie and him, yeah, that's, that's going to be a huge gallery. Big following, yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Now it'll be interesting to see what happens, but it's a great story. It is. Yeah, if he makes the cut this weekend, would he get invited to more tournaments? I I think so. I mean, he's he's going to be here. Skip a week because next week is the memorial. And then the week after that, the Canadian Open, he's already been invited to that one. He gets, I think he gets seven per year, seven uh, sponsors exemptions. So sure, I mean, if you're one of those, and especially if you're one of those kind of, uh, oh, what do they call it? Uh, Non-elevated events. You're trying to get as many eyeballs on your tournament as you possibly can. This seems like the pretty easy way to do that right about now. Well, I was going to go there. Is that the, the PGA loves this story. 
Oh, yeah. Because kind of what I was talking about on Monday was when you got the names at the live on one weekend and then you have the, the, uh, you know, the majors the next weekend, you know, you're watching the live over the other stuff. We, yeah. we saw that in Tulsa. But if you got this story that continues to grow and if he continues to make the cut and, you know, plays at a competitive level at least, and then right. it's a good story, people are going to be more inclined to watch the PGA than those. So PGA is loving this story. How about this? Do you, you see this? We just got this on the text line. Another bird got hit? Oh, man. I don't know. What happened? Cleveland Cleveland Guardians outfielder Will Brennan hit a grounder that collided with the bird that was setting between second and third base. Well, you got to pay attention, bird. In the second inning, and another, and it died. You got to pay attention. <laughs> what in the world is going on with pay, the bird deaths? Pay attention, birds. That's on you. Yeah. You don't go to a baseball game and sit in the stands and not pay. You have to pay attention. You have to. <laughs> Last weekend, walking through the softball complex, every time you hear a crack at the bat, you kind of yeah, stopped and yeah. looked around, and then your heart sank when you heard, "Look out! Heads up! Heads up! Heads up! Headache! Yeah, headache." Good point by Possum. He's got a better chance of making some of these cuts because of live golf. That's true. That's a great point because those guys are going to be over there with the live tour. Yeah, is Peter going to start start showing up to major league games? Probably. <laughs> Whatever. What are the odds? I mean, we thought we'd never see it again when Randy Johnson. Now that's, what is that, about a week? Two birds have died this week or within the last week or so? Speaking of birds and ball games, um, last Saturday, waking up, getting ready, get, driving to the softball complex. We took two – no, it was Sunday. We had to take two vehicles because my wife had to go somewhere in the middle of the games. And she said uh, one of the dads who was behind her with his kid – came up to her and said you traumatized my kid and she said why is it you hit a squirrel <laughs> <laughs> i did <laughs> she had no idea and the kid saw it he goes oh dad she hit the squirrel <laughs> katie's mom ran over a squirrel so katie's mom is known as a squirrel killer <laughs> she was just so focused getting to the game in time nails a poor squirrel get out of my way squirrel over there on country club oh no and the kids saw it. Little nine-year-old saw it happen. <laughs> Traumatized her is what he said. <laughs> and on that note, all right, <laughs> Coach Maynard tomorrow. Yeah, Coach Maynard tomorrow. <laughs> Good news is we have our promo for the day. <laughs> Katie's mom, the squirrel killer. Ah, <laughs> uh, cannot confirm if the squirrel had any nuts or not. Another dad joke attempt. We'll be out of here. <laughs> You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered.